0: of Search Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're talking about SEO strategy with a powerhouse in the content creation world. Joining us is Philip Thune, who is the CEO of Textbroker, which is the leading online platform in the US. for custom-made unique written content. Textbroker's online marketplace brings together customers who are looking for unique and exclusive textual content with more than a hundred thousand US-based freelance authors who could write about virtually any topic. Yesterday, Philip and I talked about the content strategy for a website I'm building. And today we're going to go through the process of scoping out the content creation process to understand what it'll cost to build more content for my website. this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Here's the second part of my conversation with Philip Thune, CEO of Textbroker. Philip, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks. Excited to continue the conversation with you. For anybody that didn't hear it yesterday, Philip gave me some advice for thinking about how to create content for a website called martechpod.com. And the summary of that conversation is, Philip is pro the idea of creating a directory, a page for the 7,000 companies that are in the martech industry. He also suggested that we already have good thought leadership content with our podcast. So it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense to do a secondary type of undertaking for content, creating thought leadership like a blog. Then we talked about the idea of creating category content. And that's really mining the other sections of the website to just show the best and the brightest of our content on category pages. Philip, one thing I wanted to ask you about was... For this directory that we're creating, for example, there's lots of different places that we can create content. We can do company descriptions. We could do descriptions of who are the executives that are running the marketing department. We have our category content we can create as well. How would you go about scoping out the cost and the effort that I should undertake to build out the content on the site that we're talking about?
1: Well, I think especially with the directory, right, you've got two choices. One is kind of the quicker and much easier, which is to kind of spider some of the information that's already out there. You obviously, you can't plagiarize anybody, but an estimate of how many employees a company has or an estimate of their revenue or a list of who their executives are or where their headquarters are. All that information is kind of public domain. If you put it in your directory pages, you're not sort of plagiarizing anybody. So if you have a automated way to gather all those various fields of data, you know, that's the place to start because number one, it's kind of the basics and you have to have it in there, everybody would expect to see it. Number two, it shouldn't be that expensive to gather that up. Three, it adds some heft to the page that you've got all the standard information that people would expect in a directory. I think in terms of how do you make this directory different, how do you sort of make people go, Oh wow, that's something about that company that I hadn't thought of or didn't know or so Philip, yeah.
0: I understand the idea that there's a bunch of sort of table stakes type content for a directory. In this example, we're creating a list of companies. We might want funding source, names of executives, number of employees, headquarter address, all the sort of basic stuff of how do you figure out where a company is and who's in it. But the problem is that exists on LinkedIn, Crunchbase, you know, AngelList. There's a hundred other directories that probably have company lists for marketing or the MarTech industry. So how do we create something that's unique?
1: I think the best way is to think about what information you have, first of all, that others don't. And the biggest thing you have, of course, are all of these podcasts. So the information that you have there... And I think the one other strategy for a directory page, which I think you can do in a way that's frankly is better than LinkedIn or some of these others, is... Linking to other places with good information. And the first place you'd always start, the top of your list would be linking to, you know, within your own website, all the pages of information that might be relevant to that company. It doesn't mean you've got to do 7,000 podcasts, but certainly given that you've got a category structure, you could sort of link to interviews and conversations with people who are in other competitors of that company or at least in the same space or interviews you've done, podcasts you've done that reference that company or at least reference that industry. And then I think in terms of really unique content that you're creating from scratch, that is... And I think we're going to talk about this more. But I think that's something that you have to come up with the template. What is the information that can be unique, that makes sense for us to have in this directory. And then you can go about and figure out how do I get people to actually do that research and write that content.
0: So. That's what I want to dig into a little bit deeper. You know, I I love the idea of linking between all of the times a company has been referenced in the podcast and, you know, potentially putting the quotes where they were mentioned on the pages makes a ton of sense. Even potentially bringing interviews about a or from members of the company onto the page, even if they weren't part of our content archive, right? Somebody else's interview can still be something that we link to on the website. But fundamentally, I'm a little worried about just describing the companies in a way that doesn't seem unique, Where, you know, LinkedIn, everybody goes onto LinkedIn and they create their company descriptions. I have one for my company. Should I be just scraping company descriptions? Should I be repurposing them, rewriting them? How do you think about creating unique content to describe something like a company? It's more of like a product type description than anything else.
1: Right. And yesterday, when we were talking about kind of the structure of your site and the fact that you'd have category pages for all the companies in a specific category, I think that same analogy applies here. The typical product page that an e commerce company creates, they've got a choice. They can take the manufacturer's description, which is probably on 10, 20, 50 other websites, or they can take one more step and say, you know what? We're going to write something that's unique, that's about this product that you can't find anywhere else. One, we want to maybe tell more of a story. That's a common kind of thing that we see. So instead of saying this is a red dress with a bow and this is the material it's made of, you might sort of say, hey, this is a dress that's perfect for when you're having that first date. You know, So you can have somebody picture not just what the dress is and what it's made of, but how you're going to use it. And so if we apply that analogy to what you're trying to do, I think thinking about the fact that you've already got this kind of great content with all the podcasts and all the interviews you've done, going somewhere in that kind of same direction, getting somebody who's capable of telling a little bit more of a story about the company as opposed to just the facts. You go to TechCrunch, you go to LinkedIn, you're getting the facts as presented by the company. And I guarantee you, the typical directory would just maybe even copy that and put it on there. If you want to go a step more which is not going to help you, I think, with the people who come to your directory, but it's going to help you in the eyes of Google and getting ranked. It's thinking about that angle of what else could I be talking about. And this is another thing then that's going to go back to your budget. right? if you have the budget to come back to these pages on a quarterly basis, semi-annual basis, even annual basis, that's one thing versus thinking, well, I really need to make this evergreen content, do it once and not have to come back. If you can go more of the update version then I think that really opens up the possibilities of what you can do that makes it unique. You can kind of talk about the latest quarter or the latest year's results. You know, you point to whether this company is going up or down based on some objective measure. A great idea is always to come up with maybe like the score, right? The MarTech score Mm -hmm. that you give them and kind of figure out what are the elements that go into that score and are those elements relatively easy for you to measure.
0: That's previsible, P R E V I S I B L E dot I O. So, help me figure out the business case for creating the content, something that's unique to describe the companies, whether it's the story or where they're positioned in the marketplace, you know, or just we're rewriting their descriptions. I can go through onto all the various existing directories and Scrape out the content and republish it. And I'm not going to get any credit for it because it's duplicate content. Right. But it is important to have some sort of a company description in a directory. That is relatively low cost. How do I figure out what it would cost and what the incremental value might be for creating my own descriptions?
1: I think the first decision is where am I going to get or build unique content? In our earlier set of podcasts, we talked about you know how do you decide whether to outsource content or not. If you're going to outsource it, I think the way to think about it is: what's the level of writer that I need for this? What's my time frame? How fast do I need to get these seven thousand pieces of content? And then how long should it be? You know, text broker. Everything we do is by the word, but that's not really unique. Anytime you're talking to a writer, whether it's an individual freelancer or a company that manages lots of them. Something that's twice as long is typically going to cost you twice as much. So I think strategically, maybe step one really is figuring out what is the template? What do I want this unique content to talk about? What does it need to cover? And how many words do I need to cover it? Could I do it in 50 words? Is it going to be 500 words? Because literally that decision is going to you know increase the cost by a factor of 10. And so I think that's the most important thing is what is your angle and how many words do you need to... To do it. I know I keep going back to the e-commerce example, but going back to that, what we've found is it doesn't actually take that many words to make your product description differentiated and kind of get rewarded in the eyes of Google that you're not just scraping and copying the manufacturer's description. So I think for this directory I would go in that route too. Maybe you're looking at kind of 100 words. Obviously you can't say that much in that short of time period, but I think you can give people something of value differentiate your page from maybe other directory pages that talk about this content and keep it within a reasonable budget.
0: So if I'm doing the math right, we've got 7,000 companies and 100 words per page. That is 700,000 words that we need to create. Give me a sense of how you would scope out time and cost for 700,000 words. What type of writer do I need? Help me break this project down.
1: I think... You know, that sounds like a huge number of words, but I think you actually could keep the cost a relatively reasonable budget. So, and I'm just going to use text broker because it's the numbers I know best, but a four-star writer, a text broker is somebody who writes at a college level. And I think that's going to be pretty good quality and you got to figure out what's really going to be good and readable, but at a reasonable cost. And so I think our four-star writer, somebody who writes at a college level is a good compromise there. On textbroker, that would cost you 2.7 cents per word. So for that many words, 700,000 words, you'd be looking at about $19,000. And so we've seen examples of other companies who've taken the same approach. I think the best one I can remember is somebody came up to us at a trade show, he had a car site. And so think about how many thousands of makes and models and trim levels there are in the car universe because it wasn't just new cars, it was new cars and probably the last 10 years of used cars. So he was probably in the same ballpark as what you're in, in terms of the number of different pieces of content that he needed, the different number of pages he had. And he was very enthusiastic you know, with us about how easy it was to do, how the cost was reasonable. And then most importantly, the results he saw from a traffic perspective made a huge difference to him. Again, he had the opportunity, he could have scraped and copied the manufacturer's description of each car by going and doing it with a custom description for each car, not very long made a huge difference to him in terms of Google's kind of valuation of his website.
0: So help me understand the potential value that you see. I understand it's you know roughly a $20,000 investment. There's going to be $19,000 a cost and there's going to be some management as well. Let's call it 20 grand. Right. How do I figure out whether that undertaking is a worthwhile investment? I know that there's your anecdotal feedback, but are there any metrics that you look at that say, you know, yes, you should move forward with this content strategy or you might not see a return?
1: Well, this goes back to, I think something you and Jordan were talking about, which is, can, is there a way to dip a toe in the water? And I think to the extent that you're going to automate collection of kind of the basic facts about each company, right, I think you could probably get a page up about all 7,000 companies pretty quickly. You know, and maybe even those pages include kind of the company provided description of themselves. So I don't know that I would sort of say, Oh, make that 20,000 investment all in the same week or the same month. I think the way to kind of measure it is take one of your categories, maybe your smallest category and figure out what you need to write, figure out how to best tell the writers what you're looking for, get that content back, put it on your website. And now you've got a great AB case going, you know, how much does that improve the traffic to that category, which has unique content versus all the other categories, which don't. So I think that's going to give you a pretty quick way and a very inexpensive way to kind of make sure you're on the right track. And that's universal advice, right? I think before you do things in the tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars, you probably can always start in the few thousands of dollars and make sure that your premise and your theory is actually playing out in the real world. Like I said, you need to kind of figure out what drives your return on investment. What can you get back? And it'd be great if you could kind of turn that into traffic. You know, I know if I get ten thousand people to this page, that ends up getting me X number of subscribers or X number of people who sign up for the email or the podcast, and I can make that much money from those people. So going to the end first, you know, what is the value of getting a person to this page? And then backing into, okay, how much can I spend to get that person given how much I'll make from having that person come to the page?
0: I think that's great advice. And it's worth reiterating that you can do these large extravagant content projects and invest a whole lot of budget and then realize that the content is just really not compelling or Google doesn't think that it's worthwhile of ranking or doesn't consider it to be unique enough test and iterate your way into content production before you make a larger investment. You got to know what works before you really double down. Philip, appreciate you coming on the show, walking us through not only what your strategy would be for helping us build the MarTech podcast, but also talking through some of the dynamics of actually starting a project and outsourcing the content creation. Thanks again for being our guest. Thank you. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Philip Thune, CEO of TextBroker. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Philip, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile or you can contact him on Twitter. His company's handle is TextBrokerUS, T-E-X-T-B-R-O-K-E-R-U-S. Or you could visit his company's website, which is TextBroker.com. You could also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions. You can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, or my personal handle is BenJShap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, And we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.